Okay, now I get to be the speaker today. So my name is Susan, and I am a grateful ABCer, which is an anorexic, bulimic, compulsive overeater. Um, and I'm happy to be here. I feel very um, fortunate that we got here. Um, Zephyr is my granddaughter, so it will be a PJ uh, share today. Um, I can't tell you how anxious PG share yes um how anxious I've been all week in fact I even wrote out what I thought I could say because I thought I might get distracted who knows I may not I'm feeling better all the time once I'm here and getting to hug people and look at people and start saying the format I I feel more at ease but um okay so I can look at the clock and see I have until um a quarter tail, but I, I don't know if I'll talk that long, but somebody could just give me a heads up when it's time if I'm getting uh, close to time. So I want to thank uh, Shelby for asking. Um, this is almost my OA birthday. I came in February 23rd. So this really is a nice um, way to acknowledge uh, that I have been a committed OAer for um, almost 11 years now. In fact, I have 3,921 days of no fasting and no purging. It's almost back to back, up to 10 years. And then this last year has been a real challenge. But in that challenge, I have found out a lot about myself so that I can have a deeper commitment to not only abstinence, but to program myself and my higher power. It was really um, important that I did have the slips that I had. Uh, but for today, I think it was Joe and Charlie I heard say that our story, only 5% of it is true. The rest of it, you know, we just kind of make up and we, we tell it like we think it should have been. So I'm gonna try to stick to the facts and just tell you um, the truth, um, you know, the 5% truth that I know is true. So uh, I was born and raised in Washington State 70 years ago. My birthday was the last day of the year. Um, and I went to school in Washington and Oregon and England. Um, my parents were, because most of my story really started before I got here, is actually why I'm doing this. Um, my parents were high school sweethearts, married 71 years and died when they were 91. Um, in 2011, which was a year after I got here, almost to the day, and they died within a couple months of each other. Um, I have two older sisters and a younger brother, and we all have the ism. The only thing interesting is that it kind of followed the women in the family, generations. So we have a lot of colorful women in our family for generations. Um, I am the only one in recovery in our family. Um, I started Al-Anon 33 years ago. It saved my life and gave me a foundation to join OA when I was um, 59 years old in 2011. On several occasions, I was told OA was not for me. Um, and if I hadn't had that program, I don't know if I would have stuck around, but I knew 
the 12 steps or something I could trust. And it, I really didn't have any other options. I was really out of ideas. Um, and I wanna say too, for anyone out there, anorexia and bulimia are two very distinctive, destructive addictions. They are very difficult to recover from. And the recovery rate, success rate is very low. However, I was able to um, get abstinent, you know, within a couple of months. And that's almost, and stay that way for almost 10 years. So from my standpoint, that's a real um, success, that it is um, achievable. And when I first came, I heard people say, it's not when, but if, you know, it's not if, but when you relapse, yet I also heard people say they had continuous abstinence, which was important for me because I thought of this disease as a, uh, a death sentence. I really couldn't go back practicing. Um, I needed to hear that. Uh, Food always got my attention from a very early age. At first, it was easier not to eat and then adopt a Pollyanna persona of, I'm okay, it doesn't hurt, leave me alone, I'll figure it out, kind of keep people away. Um, but it was progressive. Um, those tools kind of worked for a while until they didn't. Um, and oh, this is hard reading. And when, when I kind of crossed that line, when I became a, a pickle and no longer a cucumber, I was around 28 years old. So that progression kept a pretty good clip. Um, but it wasn't, I, I didn't go seek help. What I did was just go under the radar and really felt more pressure to figure this thing out myself, get, you know, get it fixed and get it done with. And, um, and it was horrible. It was the worst time of my life. Um, I couldn't eat, and once I started, I couldn't stop. Instead of getting on, I just said that. Um, it would take 10 years before coming into Al-Anon. I thought self-knowledge was the answer for a while, until it wasn't. I thought love would be the, would save me, until it didn't. I looked for answers in education, medicine, and religion, and all the, all the places you thought someone could find an answer. I worked hard to get relief, not understanding that we are not designed to recover alone. And that's a big issue because I felt like such a loser. Why can't I do this? I am praying, I'm making vows. And then to come here and to be told it's a disease, like it's not a moral issue. And that um, we, maybe those prayers didn't work because we weren't designed to do this in isolation. And that made perfect sense. I was not one who questioned the insanity. I knew I had a mental obsession and I knew I had an allergy of the body. The idea that this was a disease kind of made the pieces fit together. I never, I never doubted that. Um, and that my deepest secrets um, would become my greatest assets. I never thought that would be <laughs> something to, to write home about either. But um, it's been a customized journey coming into OA. I let go of drugs, alcohol, smoking, my, anything mind altering is a trigger for me. And when I imbibe, I only want more of it. You know, it just, it ruins my life. Um, 
Um, I've been trying to find the perfect food plan since an early age, um, my whole life. So many things I've already, I had already started abstaining from before I got here, like processed food, granola, casserole, trail mix, dried fruit, corn chips, sugar wasn't really an issue because it was so connected with my many allergies, but crunchy, salty carbs are still a challenge along with nuts and cheese. So I was pretty clean when I got to OA, but we all know that it's one thing to get clean, it's another to stay clean. So um, the maintenance part has always been the challenge of how to do this day in, day out, uh, week after week, month after month, year after year, so that you have freedom. And that's really what I've always been looking for is freedom from um, this obsession. Um, and when I got here, I hadn't had solid food for a week. I was living on coffee, which I knew I was going to have to give up. And that scared me almost as much as coming here. Um, so I did give up coffee and the popcorn. Any The behavior that was that hand-to-mouth eating that um, just makes me crazy. And I become a bondage to it. And when I saw my Eskimo, after I went to him, the Al-Anon meeting, she said, had you thought about um, OA? And it was like, I could have had a V8 juice. Of course, I didn't think of that, you know? And it was, I had sponsored people who had been in OA, and it just didn't come to my mind. But she took me for my first abstinent meal and to my first meeting the next day. Um, I went to three meetings a day for a long time, reading everything. And Al OA has a big library of, of books and pamphlets praying and meditating, working the steps. I started service at six months. Um, there were so many opportunities with so many great people. All my favorite people are in OA. Okay, so I wanted to share my experience with the steps and that, and that will take me to time, I hope. Okay, step one has always been the gift of humility for me. I cannot admit that I am powerless over a person, place, thing, food, or inanimate object without recognizing that my life becomes unmanageable. And that always makes me feel humble. Um, just walking into a meeting makes me feel humble. Um, I think I took the first step um, before I even came into OA, um, acknowledging that I was humble. And I was willing to do, go to any length and willing to do anything. Um, okay, and step two, that's the, um, the gift of trust for me. I know different books will say different things, but for me, um, it was easy for me to come to believe in a power greater myself to restore me to sanity because it worked. I mean, I had um, validation. Every time I asked in earnest to be restored, I was. But the longer I was in OA, using that um, approach, I realized I didn't want to get restored to sanity quite often. And um, it took a little bit more pain, maybe a little bit more food, maybe a little bit more something for me to get the attention that I needed to turn to a power greater than myself to get the relief that I needed. And, and also letting go of my old beliefs. Um, that was you know, I could not only not trust myself, but I could not trust my belief system. So almost everything had to be 
reevaluated. And in the beginning, I turned, um, I had a bracelet convey that said, trust God, uh, ask God about everything, which from being an independent, reliable, self-reliant person, I didn't need to ask God about too much, you know, maybe the food, but the practice of being humbled enough to ask God about everything, even if I thought I knew, was um, kind of critical because it showed me how often things got better if I did do that pause and ask for, um, uh, you know, reestablish that I did believe um, that that would work. Um, if I'm struggling today, um, I, I know it's a trust issue. Uh, first and foremost, I, I, I either am not believing that God could do uh, restore me to sanity or I'm trying to fix it. I'm trying to control it. And that was a biggie at the 10-year mark to try to say, well, am I really not trusting? And exactly, that was it. I was, I was trusting HP with all of my life except the food area here. And then more was revealed that I wasn't trusting it. I was acting as if really good and actually not realizing it, but it was a trust issue. So it's things get better when I make a point of trusting and believing that that will work. But that's how I learn and that's how I grow. Okay, step three for me has always been about courage because it takes a lot of risk to let go and, and trust. And I try to think of it holding on to a higher power so that I can let go of whatever it is that's got my attention um, to just know that I've got the security of a power greater than me, that's smarter than me, um, cleverer than me, and knows all. So um, that is a, a vulnerable step where you have to almost get um, you know, you're really exposed. Your emotions are really exposed. So it takes a lot of courage to turn my will and my life over to the care of a, a higher power. And once again, if I'm struggling, it could be a third step issue too. I am not turning everything over. And it doesn't say just pick and choose. It's not a vending machine. We turn it all over. And the book says either God is or God isn't. So if I accept that God is, then there are no mistakes either. You know, everything is unfolding exactly the way it's supposed to be. And if I have a situation in front of me, then the big book also says to capitalize on it as an opportunity to demonstrate his omnipotence. And I thought that was a typo. But really, if I am earnest about that process, I can't tell you the ease and comfort that comes over me. It's just that taking that pause to do it. You know, I, when I get agitated or, or restless, I want to stay in motion because I don't want to feel the discomfort or I don't want to acknowledge this or I don't want to look at that. So trying to slow down is what OA has taught me. And apparently I need to slow down even more. So um, you're not, you're a newcomer for five months in a lot of programs, but in OA, you're a newcomer for 10 years, just because there is so much, it's so complicated and there's so much to learn. Okay, I better hurry this up. Step four for me is a gift of review. 
Uh, I, doing the searching and moral inventory was not new to me, and I, I love the program because it gives us permission to do that, to take time for ourselves to do a review. And one of the most important reviews that I could do was a prenatal review of what it was like when my mother was pregnant with me. What was the environment, the climate at the time? And then also do a review of what my parents' life was like when they were two or three years old, which was very informative and really helped me. Okay, I'll do, I'm just going to speed dial here. Uh, step five is the gift of taking responsibility. Thank you, Terry. Um, and without taking responsibility for my life as it has been, acknowledging no one broke my arm, nobody force fed me, nobody pushed me to do this or that, um, I needed to take full responsibility. Because if I didn't, then there's people out there, people, places, and things, institutions that I can still point my finger at and say, well, it's their fault. And so I have known for a long time that I need to take responsibility for my life, good and bad. And it's not about beating myself. It's just acknowledging um, you know, uh, the inventory. Um, and it also helps me with uh, someone, the chronic slipper talks about OAers have trouble with love, they have trouble with trust, and they have trouble with forgiveness. And without taking responsibility, I don't have a chance at doing those other things. And then I'm also not holding anyone hostage either, that they owe me something. Okay, step six, the gift of surrender, which is my favorite, because it gives me everything I've ever wanted when I do surrender. And um, it may be the shortest step in the book, but it took me the longest because I needed to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I, I needed to learn to stop fighting and I needed to relax to see the truth. And once I see the truth and I have options in front of me that allow me to do life differently and get different results. And so for me, step six is the gear that keeps the steps in motion. It just start it kickstarts all those things in motion when I am able to surrender. And step seven is really the shortest one for me, because once I surrender, then it's an automatic um, seventh step prayer. You know, my creator, um, you know, take, take all of it from me, whatever you wish. And I don't get to choose. I just get to do the footwork and present it to my higher power. And then um, I get to see what is taken away or, or what isn't. Um, oh gosh. Um, step seven for me is faith. And it's um, like the knowing, the knowing, the confidence, the security that it will be taken care of. All I have to do is act as if it is going to happen. And I don't get to decide the time, place, or how it's going to happen. And step eight is the the gift of honesty, which I didn't get honest for many years, and it was in doing a review that I realized that I had hurt myself more than anyone else had hurt me, or I had hurt anyone else, but it still took me 10 years to get to OA. Um, step nine for me, that's the gift of um, forgiveness, which is also a grieving process because you have to learn to let go of what you held so dearly in contempt. Um, to now move towards forgiveness. 
Um, but someone in program said, once we do step nine, we no longer have the luxury of practicing our defects of character. And I'm reminded about that, um, which is a great way to look at it. Step uh, 10 is the gift of being current or the present moment living. And I didn't do a 10th step on a regular basis until probably six years ago when I started following a um, examination, exam, examination by Ignatius. And for me, that worked where you start out with your blessings and then, um, you know, what made you feel good? What made you feel connected? Um, and that uh, followed by when did my heart drop? And usually you can tell those things when that's happening. So today I do a regular 10 step and I look forward to it. And step seven is the gift of silence. Um, I always liked silence, probably growing up as a little kid, isolating, but now I know it's solitude that I'm looking for. Um, and I was not a prayerful person, but today I am. And uh, that silence is critical to my recovery. When I was struggling at night, I put in more silence in my day. And that seemed to help with the night eating. And I'll finish with this step one. Uh, step uh, two, 12 used to be the gift of service, but now I see it as a gift of love. How we, um, you know, sometimes I need to say no so I can say yes to myself. And that's the gift of love for me, for others, and for my higher power. And as far as my strength, I have none. So that's pretty <laughs> simple. And then far as hope, I twist the words because hope to me sounds like um, magical stuff. So I do trust. Um, and I trust the program. I trust uh, my higher power. And I trust the fellowship. And that's where my hope um, lies and it gives me security one day at a time.